You're listening to The Support Report with Be Present, where we share real stories from young adults and how support changed their lives. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Support Report with Be Present. I'm your host, Justin Peters, and today's guest is Julian Castaneda. Julian is a two-time cancer survivor who was first diagnosed at the age of 10. Through his experience, he realized the importance of providing hope to families affected by cancer. And with that in mind, Julian founded Bags of Love Foundation, which provides care packages, scholarships, and event tickets to those affected by childhood cancer. The remarkable thing is he started this all in high school while he was catching up with classes at the age of 17. Julian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to learn a little bit more about you and hear your story. So how about you start things off uh, and just walk us through your cancer resume. You know, what were you diagnosed with and, and what did treatment journey look like for you? Yes, yeah, so I was first diagnosed with leukemia at 10 years old. I went through three and a half years of treatment, and then um, I was in mission for about two years and was diagnosed again at 16 years old. So this time around, um, when I was diagnosed, I was a lot older, you know, high school, sophomore, I was a sophomore in high school, and so it affected me a lot more because I had a lot more going for me, and you know, I had like a lot of goals and um, stuff I wanted to do. And so um, with that, I started like my treatment, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't strong enough. So I started you know, getting chemo and the first round of chemo, um, doctors realized that it wasn't, I had like, I built, I built tolerance for the chemo. So they decided it would be best to do a bone marrow transplant. So I went ahead and got a bone marrow transplant and this summer has been uh, two years since that bone marrow transplant. Nice. Congrats. Um, so whenever you first heard that you were diagnosed with cancer, maybe that, that first diagnosis when you had um, diagnosed with leukemia at 10, did, what was your understanding of cancer? H- had, you had, had you had experience or exposure to cancer before? And what were your initial thoughts? So when I was first diagnosed with cancer, I, had, I really had no idea what it was. Um, I like I heard of it, you know, I seen, I seen like the commercials on TV as a kid. And so other than that, I really had no idea. And so going into it, um, at a young age was really scary. Like I had no idea what was going on, what they were doing to me. I was just, you know, going through the process, um, you know, getting shots, getting procedures, all this stuff done without really knowing why exactly or, um, what exactly was wrong with me. Mm. And what what initiated you to to go to the hospital? And was there something uh, that you thought was wrong with you? Um, you know, what what uh, transpired the fact of you know finding out that you were diagnosed with tra- cancer? Yes. So I believe at this time I was like in second and third grade, um, and so I was um I was feeling really tired throughout. Like I believe it was like a week for like a week. It was like a week period. Um, so I started feeling tired more and more as each day progressed. And, you know, I, was, I felt I had like nausea. Um, I, was in, I was in the basketball team at the time. And during practices, you know, um, I really couldn't keep up with all, the, with all the teammates, my teammates and stuff. And each day it was just getting worse and worse. And I, wanted to, I just kept on sleeping in. Um, I was falling asleep during class. Um, I was starting getting really pale. And then one day um, during lunch time, um, 
I almost like fainted and one of the lunch ladies saw me. Uh, so she grabbed me and she took me to the office and noticed how pale I was. So they recommended me to go to the you know, emergency room in the hospital to see what, what was wrong with me. And after that, um, they took me to Valley Children's Hospital. And that's when they did farther, you know, tests to and realized that I had a leukemia. That is such a scary moment. How how did your family react? So, um, at first, you know, they were really shocked. Um, it was sad. It was a lot to process. Um, and I was really young. Um, but overall, they were really supportive and they were there for me um, in the hospital, you know, doing whatever they could to, you know, be there for me. Hmm. And uh, when you relapsed and went back into the hospital, um, you said it was more challenging. I know just because probably you were more aware and you mentioned you had you had other goals. Did the experience, did the treatment experience in general seem a lot different from, from 10 to 16? Um, no, for me, it was, um, it was pretty much the same because, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I was young. So, you know, that, my childhood was pretty much being in the hospital. You know, I got used to it. And so being, to being diagnosed again, um, even after I was in remission, I was still going to the doctor like every month, every two months. So I was still frequently there. Um, so it became like almost like a normal thing for me. Mm. So being diagnosed again was, um, it was difficult, but I was so used to just being at, being at the hospital and going through all the process where like, you know, each procedure and each, each thing just, it didn't have a big of a, a negative impact as did like the first time around because I knew exactly, I like been through the process so many times already that it was like just another, another day for me. <sighs> Yeah, another day for you, but uh, not another day for yeah. anybody else. What, uh, what, what's something that that you tell people about? You know, really living in the hospital that that might surprise someone that's never done something like that. Um, the food sounds <laughs> <Not> that good. <laughs> yeah. What 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 did you um, eat a lot of? What was your favorite meal and least favorite meal? Um, I when I my go to would be the Jello. <laughs> the Jello. Um, when, I, when I really need, it. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I was lucky enough to have my mom, um, there with me all the time. And so she would actually like cook for me. Um, you know, they had like the Ronald McDonald house there. And so she would go out and, um, buy groceries and then cook, cook me a homemade meal. And that really, that really helped a lot because I really didn't like gospel food. Mm, that's awesome. What, what, uh, what was your favorite meal that, that she cooked for you? I'm, a, I'm really a big soup person. So, you know, any soup she made. Um, I just loved it. Mm. So what, what about, uh, you know, outside of your mom, what, what did, what did support look like for you? Did you, you have a lot of, uh, other extended family or friends that came to visit you in the hospital? What, you know, how would you define support? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so throughout my treatment, I always have family and friends, um, just coming through and visiting and that really helped a lot knowing that, you know, they're just having company there during the hospital is like, it's nice. And so, you know, if, I, if anybody else is, you know, diagnosed and has to take them in hospital for a long time, um, it's just good to have somebody there with them and just to like, you know, spend time with them and talk to them and get them out of their, you know, 
zone where they're just you know in the hospital and you know get them get them out um out of their thoughts and stuff hmm. so acting as a you know being present with them you know acting as a distraction is something that i hear pretty frequently from from the people that come on the podcast is is that fair to say that's that's kind of what you're seeking or looking for yeah hmm. and did you what did you have other were there other patients um in relative age to you in the hospital as well Yes. So the first time I was diagnosed, um, yeah, like there's a lot of, at Children's Hospital um, in Madeira, there's a lot of children there and um, that are, that were my age, but I just never really, you know, interacted with them, um, especially when you're not in the hospital because um, you're like in different rooms. So you don't really get, you don't really go out and interact with them. Um, but then when I was diagnosed the second time and was shooting at City of Hope, we had like, um, I was like on the team floor. So we had like, um, every day we had a, we had like a group, group session where we were just, you know, interact and play board games and do stuff together. And I thought that was just really cool. And it, it gave us a way to just interact with others, you know, who are going through it. Mm. Just like oh. us. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you were in the middle of high school whenever you got, um, when you relapsed and got diagnosed again at, at 16. And then did you transition back to high school after, uh, after treatment was over? Yes. So I received my transplant in the summer and then I went to, I was doing homeschool for the beginning of high school, uh, my junior year. And then I returned to, I returned it to school um, in class near um, near like the middle end of my junior year. So when I returned back, we only had like two, three months left of school. And did it feel the same? Were you, was your were your friends the same? Was was classes? Did it feel normal? Did it bring you some normalcy, or or what what were your feelings whenever you stepped back into the high school? Um, so going back. It was it was fun. It was exciting, um, knowing that I was you know just back, normal. I was ready. I was um, I was ready to just you know make a difference, and this was like the new the new start, you know, new beginning. So it was nice to just be back and be back with everyone and just talk to everyone. Hmm. And, and you mentioned make a difference, uh, which is a great segue in for uh, Bags of Love. So let's talk a little bit about your foundation. How did this concept start? Like, what, where, where was, where was it initiated? So I always knew I wanted to make a difference, and didn't know exactly where, or how, and throughout my time in the hospital, um, one person I always talked to a lot was my uncle. And we had like talks on, you know, um, starting like starting something similar to what I'm doing, you know, I'm do doing care packages. And so when I went back to, um, when I went back to high school, I started, I started um, brainstorming different ideas on what I could do that would, you know, make a difference and help people in the hospital by letting them know like that they're not alone. And so that's when I thought of thought of uh, doing care packages. So um, when I returned to school, I I did it. Uh, I started raising money for care packages. So 
I did that by by selling boxes of chips. So when I first started, I started, you know, the first day I had one box of chips. I sold that within the first day. And then I went back to the store and reinvested all my money and got two boxes of chips. So then I gave one to a friend, you know, we sold those chips, we kept reinvesting it. And time that's you know, I have like 10, 15 friends selling boxes of chips for me. And so by the end of like, you know, this was all, this was also uh, like illegal in uh, in school because we weren't like an approved club yet. <laughs> we were just doing this, like, you know, like uh, doing this on our own. And so, um, you know, bef- before we got in trouble and they, they like shut it down, um, we like raised like a thousand dollars by then. Wow. So with that, yeah. So with that, um, I made our first fifty care packages and delivered those to Valley Hospital in the summer. Mm. In the summer. Hmm. So the concept from the get-go, as soon as you started selling chips, was to create care packages, or did that concept kind of come about whenever you started thinking, okay, I got a couple hundred dollars, now a thousand dollars, what am I gonna do to make an impact? So where did when did the concept of of the bags of love come in? So it always started um since the beginning. Hmm. Um the goal was always to get care packages, and then as we uh, started slowly growing, that's when we like, you know, started giving out scholarships. And then a van tickets. Hmm. So what do you put in the, the care packages? So we put um, a hat, bear, water bottle, and coloring books, crayons. Um, we try to put a gift card. And we put um, wristbands, pop socket, and a few other items in there um, to make them, you know, just comfortable and give them something to do while they're in the room. And and how did you decide that? Did, were you pulling from your own experience about you know thinking about what you would have wanted in that moment? Yes. So a lot of it came from you know thinking to myself, you know, while while in the hospital, what was something I would want? What is something I needed that I didn't have from home that I might have you know wanted? And so just thinking of all these ideas, you know, I pulled them all together and put them into the care package. That's so cool. So uh, after you assembled the bags, did you go to, uh, you yourself, you went to the hospital and distributed them? Yes, so we uh, went, I went with a couple of my friends and to help me, you know, fundraising stuff. And so we went to Valachin Hospital. We delivered them to their, you know, department and stuff. And then we were like, um, we were able to interact with their like, um, the patients in the in their like playroom, so we like you know did like some paintings with them and stuff, and so that was really fun. Was uh what what was what was their reaction? The patients' reactions whenever they received the care package. Um, we they they loved them. Um, we weren't able to to go to each patient's room to um to give them to them that that time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did get like you know we had like a card in them. Uh, motivational quote we put in each bag oh, and we, cool. we have like information where you know they could contact us and you know if they need any support or want to talk to somebody you know like we're here for them and you know we got a few messages um back from patients that, who say you know they loved it and they enjoy the bags hmm. even from parents too yeah so so after you distributed the bags, uh, did you go back to school and, and start to raise some more money? Did you bring this this illegal function uh, into le- legality and, and create an official club? Yes, yes. Uh, 
so this was my senior year. Um, when I went back to school, I started um, I started raising money so many different ways. Um, I started selling shirts. Um, you know these shirts right here. Those um, are cool shirts. Yeah, so we started selling shirts, wristbands, pop sockets, hats. We were doing um, we we're selling churros at the football games. We were just any way possible. We we're just you know finding creative ways to raise money and selling chocolates. Um, we sold beef jerky, and we did a lot of fundraising um, to make to continue and keep keep our you know program going. Mm. And your your program has grown. You know, you talked about you know obviously the care packages is kind of your bread and butter, but you do scholarships now and uh, event tickets. Can you talk a little bit more on that? Yeah, so the scholarships um, started my senior year. You know, I was <laughs> I was applying for scholarships, and I realized like, you know, um, we had fundraising a lot of money, and it was like I think it would be really cool to just you know give a scholarship out to someone who needs it. So um, I I was able to um, to start to create an application, and I sent that out to a couple hospitals, and. Um, the one applicant that stood out the most to me was from Robertson Hospital. Um, he's a cancer survivor who had his like who had his leg amputated and um, a foster child, and so now he wants to become a nurse and work at Robertson Children's to give back. And so he has a really cool, inspiring story. Um, and it was funny because you know, like uh, I had like receiving scholarships and then graduated. And then one week later, right after I graduated, I was given a scholarship out to this person who was, you know, older than me <laughs> and was already in college. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a funny, fun experience. <laughs> that sounds like a really cool experience. And, and now that you went away to college, did, uh, I'm a, did the team disband? I mean, you guys are probably all over the place now. What, what's, where is Bags of Love Foundation now? Are you guys still creating care packages? Yes. So, um, this 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 past uh, school year, the end of the school year, um, we gave out um, three scholarships. Yeah, we gave out three scholarships, and then right now we're we're just holding back on care packages. We have them ready, but you know, since um, we can't really like go out and deliver them right now because of everything that's going on, so we're just you know got them loaded and ready so that when they do open back up, you know, we're ready. To, Deliver them to the patients. Mm. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exciting. What uh, you keep all the care packages at your parents' house? Do you have a little warehouse there? Yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> our garage isn't isn't something my mom likes to see right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm sure she's proud of what you're doing. Um, and and I love some of your fundraising ideas too. It's been uh, uh I I you recently had your second annual uh glow party. Is that correct? Yes, yes. In, we had in, your second annual. Mm-hmm. And your first one was in person, and this one had to go virtual, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so how, um, how was the experience? You know, I, the Glow Party was, uh, th- that was a unique uh, front fundraising idea in general. So, how do you think of that concept? And, and how did it change from this year to, or last year to this year? Yes. So, this started, I first found this out last year um, when I graduated high school. And I always, I always like to, you know, think of ideas outside the box that other people aren't doing. You know, I want to attract people um, to an event, 
because there's so many different events going on and so many like every nonprofit always has a gala and so i want to do something different so i thought you know why not have a glow in the dark dance that's that sounds fun <laughs> um so i like i had graduated high school my senior year um i was i was you know just watching netflix for like a good week just straight netflix nothing else you know and was like wow this has been really unproductive i need to do something so um i looked into like our account at the time our bank account and we had a we had a thousand dollars so i was like how can i how can i you know reinvest this and make a make more money out of this and so you know that's when i came up to the idea of the growing the dark dance and you know i was like i think like i really believed i could you know i was like i can make this happen even though it's like a thousand dollars you know we could figure this out so you know i started calling venues up and i was able to get a venue for 500 bucks wow so yeah so that, that was really excited um really exciting and it was super cool so i started calling djs up and then um i was able to get a dj for free you know so he, he was he dedicated his time volunteer time to come out to this event and so with that we have like 500 dollars left so i use that for you know decorations you know printing tickets and flyers and and I started getting to work by, you know, looking for sponsors. This was my first time I really looking for sponsors. I didn't know how to do it. Um, so I was just going door to door business, you know, telling my story and telling them what we're, what we're doing and how we're looking for sponsors for the event. And I ended up getting like, you know, a pretty good amount of sponsors from really good, uh, really good, well-known businesses in, the, in our local area. So that, that was really, um, that worked really well. And then um, at the end of the day, we, during the event, we had like about like 50, 50 people attend, which was really good because I really didn't know how exactly to do this, you know? <laughs> so it was just my first time, you know, I was winging everything. Um, and so we raised about like 3000, I believe. Wow. And it was, it was a fun event and it was a really good experience and I learned a lot from that. Yeah. How how'd you get the DJ to come for free? Uh, well, I just you know uh, told them my story and you know told them what we what we're doing, what we're all about, and he was just really you know he was really into 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 it and really loved our our idea, our dedication, and wanted to just give that. Mm. And then you, this year, uh, obviously with COVID, you had you had to go virtual. Was was it a successful event as well? Yeah, yeah, uh, way more successful than I thought it would be for a virtual event. So that was good. Um, we raised this year virtually. We did uh, a little over four thousand dollars. We raised. Wow. So that that was good. Um, and we, and so, yeah, it was it was a fun event. You know. <laughs> wow. So you you did better uh, this year than you did last year, even though you had to go to a virtual setting. Yeah, yeah. I think it worked well since. Um, you know, we're able to connect with people all over the place. And um, it wasn't just like a local event. Mm. 
Yeah, I've loved some of the um, virtual music festivals and stuff that that have been um, throughout the summer. It's been a, a nice alternative. It's you know uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily top being in person for some of those things, but but I like that at least I have some kind of connection to it. Uh, I, I I learned something, and I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, I, I read somewhere that that one day you want to have your own music uh, festival as well. Is this correct? Yeah, this is correct. Um, I was, I was, um, I want like my, one of my goals is to, you know, have a, um, music festival and like all, all the proceeds would benefit, you know, our organization and childhood cancer. And this would be a way to, you know, have, have fun while also spreading awareness and having a good time with all these, you know, cool musicians and stuff. And, and yeah, that would, that's like one thing, one thing on my bucket list. Mm, that is neat. Uh, I will definitely be there if that happens. What about other long-term goals of uh, bags for bags of love? Um, long-term goals. So um, at the moment, we want to you know keep expanding to different uh, college campuses. We, you know, I graduated with many of my friends who've been through who see me go through treatment and cancer, and so. They're really dedicated on with art, with that, uh, with bags of love, and so they started like chapter clubs at their colleges. And so um, right now, we have about we have about like ten ten different colleges who have a chapter clubs that are either running or getting started. Um, and so that's that's a great way right now where we're just slowly expanding and spreading awareness on different many different campuses in California and so we want to continue to keep that growing and then um, we want to expand our programs and do like a summer camp um, do uh, do what is it called like financial assistance to families you know if they need it and we want to just be the we want to be our vision is to be you know the the number one you know childhood cancer organization in in the world yeah man i love yeah. your ambition yeah. you you are you're something else <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i'm really excited to see what you have i mean you've built uh such a great foundation already at, at like i said the age of 17 and, and you're what 19 now 20 yeah 19 19 that's crazy you have so much in front of you um I, I'm really excited to see how you grow. Before I ask my last question, where if, if people uh, want to be involved or get involved with with Bags of Love, where can they find you and learn more about the organization? Yeah, so we have our website, bagsoflovefoundation.com, and then our Instagram too, bagsoflovefoundation underscore. So there you could, you know, our Instagram we always we're always um, updating everything, our events, our any news. Um, so our Instagram is, is the best way to, you know, contact us and stay in touch. And I, and I haven't seen one, but, but do you have like a live series on, on Instagram as well, where, where you bring in, uh, cancer survivors or patients and, and have conversations with them? Is, is did I see that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, our, so we have a survivorship series, um, that's live on Instagram that we try to do, um, that we try to keep up with and interview patients who have been through cancer and just talk about it. And, you know, it's a way for others to know, to, you know, realize that, you know, 
everybody can get cancer and that it's a way to just spread awareness on it. Hmm. Well, you're doing a lot of important work. Um, and, and through your experience, my last question, through your experience, um, you know, both having a support network and, and being so involved as a supporter and, and with, you know, September coming up here and, and being Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, in and, and, and your opinion, uh, what's one thing that someone can do to make a difference in the lives of children and young adults with cancer? There's so many different ways, um, but I think one important thing is just to, you know, spread the word, um, you know, just spreading awareness, letting people know about childhood cancer and just cancer in general. It's a great way to just get started and, you know, you can volunteer with the organization and help, help, um, help do that on an easier level. And there's just so many different ways to get involved, but one way would just be, you know, volunteer with the organization, with the local organization, and then just spread awareness. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, well, Julian, it was a, a pleasure having a conversation with you, getting to learn a little bit more about your story and, and your foundation. I encourage everybody out there, if you're listening, to, to go check, check out Bags of Love. Um, you got a lot of great content out on your website. Uh, I'm excited to, to uh, jump on your Survivor survivorship series and 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 see one of those interviews and uh, i'm looking for that forward to that music festival here and and hopefully the near future yeah hopefully <laughs> well thanks again julian i appreciate you coming on yeah thank you so much for having me